0: Welcome to Hearts and Minds, my name is Catherine McMahon and I'm joined here with Maura Cassidy and today we're going to be talking about having the freedom to love. That's it. Very interesting.
1: Yes, so it's about having a free heart and that doesn't mean you're going to have, you know, multiple, um, double, you know, two, two timing going on, nothing at all to do with that actually. <laughs> That's <laughs> a good start. Yeah, um, well, having the freedom to love um it's a little bit like, you know, we're all into healthy living and healthy eating. And sometimes we can just gorge on junk food, you know, and we all know we're not really, we don't feel great after it and we don't look great if we do it over a consistent period of time. So it's a little bit the same better heart. But because it's not so obvious on the outside, um, we don't tend to take note of it so much. We just tend to, you know, say it's for other reasons. So, you know, you know so basically it's our heart grazes on the wrong things we fill it with the wrong stuff it's kind of I suppose it's a little bit like thinking what's your heart made for and I always think it's made for more and sometimes we just undersell ourselves um, they're made for fulfilling relationships they're made for love for generosity for beauty for peace etc etc so um But there is the magpie side of us, which is kind of, oh, it's blingy, it's pretty, it's nice, I must have it. And we do that with stuff and we do that with people, unfortunately. You know, we like to possess, we like to control, we like to know. And so, and, and I suppose we look for pleasure. And there's nothing wrong with pleasure, but seeking pleasure for its own sake, I'm not sure is such a good idea. It's usually the outcome but the result of something greater, there's pleasure about a lot of things, there's pleasure about sitting in the sun, there's pleasure about having a nice meal, but I suppose it's, it's pleasure in itself isn't going to fulfill us deeply, it's not going to sustain us. Um, but because it's easier to get hold of, we tend to go for it. Because, you know, we are into the quick it's a, fix. It's, yeah, it's quick fix. Yeah, Exactly. Mm. I do remember reading this little story, which I found really helpful years ago. And I remember thinking, oh, that's very helpful. It was a story of this young guy who just sort of started out on spiritual life and was sort of discovering God. I'm sort of excited about, you know, I'm going to ace this, you know. And he went to the priest, you know, the priest, the priest he knew. And he said to him, you know, I'm really trying with this love of God thing and it's just not working. You know, I love with God as much as I possibly can, and I just, you know, and the priest gave a very interesting image. He said, "Well, our heart is a bit like a glass and full of water, and um, and the water is ourselves. It's kind of depressing, isn't it? That we're full of ourselves. But <laughs> unfortunately, that's where we are. <laughs> okay. So we tend to revolve around ourselves. And he said, we need to empty ourselves of the water, which is ourselves, so that God can fill us instead." Okay, And I don't mean we go around and we become completely unusual and live kind of lives that are sort of completely detached from ourselves. That's not the point. The point is, is that kind of self-revolution permanently. Or self-seeking, like that, yeah, that you're going for your spiritual life solely to see, is there something gratifying in this? Exactly. What's in it for me kind of Mm. approach. So, and he he was kind of making the point to this guy is, look great, you you've you started on this journey, but it's not going to happen overnight and you do need to do a bit of self-emptying. It's a little bit like somebody falls in love with somebody. You know, the initial rush and um, the enthusiasm and the everything and the all-encompassing nature of it. And then it's kind of like, yeah, but I don't like the way they do this and I don't like the way they do that. And, you either call it truce and say day-day, or else you kind of go, well, do you know what? I could actually change because that's not the end of the world, and maybe I'm a bit too picky about this or that. So there's an element of
0: hmm. give, know, take. give and take, yeah. you know,
1: good, healthy compromise. So um, I think in this is that there our hearts, hearts are made for greatness. And I always think of St. Augustine, actually, in this regard, you know, a great saint of the Catholic tradition, father of the church. He lived almost 1,600 years ago. An incredible sense of human psychology, incredible um and you know his famous line our hearts are restless until they rest in you and that took him years to come to accept that and to come to terms with that that meant because um this was a man who'd pretty much experienced most pleasures you know oh, and yeah. and literally kind of unabashed you know um he had stuff he had pleasure he had power he had reputation he'd Sexual, you know, experiences, and none of them satisfied him because he was just looking for himself in them, as it were. And and his whole his whole discovery was you become what you love, mm. you know. And I think that's interesting on many levels. He was somebody who was wrestling with the emptiness in his life, you know. All of this self seeking and success left him increasingly isolated. Whereas, you know, and that's true, if you organize your, your life around your wants and your needs, you know, even just the stuff that we need or places I want to go or who I want to look like or the reputation I want, all of which in themselves have a space. But if they become all consuming, um, well, then you become what you love, as St. Augustine says, mm. you know, which I think is very interesting. And sometimes, you know, if we if we were to reflect on our lives, I think we would think maybe, well, look, I'm not a bad person. I haven't killed anyone. I do try and pray, you know, when I need stuff. And, um, and I go to Mass sometimes. I'm kind or I try. Um, but I always think of the rich young man in the gospel. You know, he went to Jesus and he was pretty much impressive. You know, I have fulfilled all the commandments, pretty much done everything I'm supposed to do since a young age. So what more must I do? And Jesus says, go sell all you have and follow me. Mm. So the interesting thing about this is on a spiritual level, I suppose, is that there's a kind of a radical situation here. And I'm not talking about the St. Francis approach, which is obviously good and true for some people to go literally and sell all you have, sell all and, you have and go out barefoot. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which, of course, is, is, is a beautiful self-giving of well, some religious location. tradition. Mm. But for most of us, Joe, Joes and Josephine Soaps, it's completely different. It's kind of look amazing and look awesome. But on the inside, be completely free
0: from mm. what you have
1: so that you can be who you are or your mentor you call called to Yeah, be. Don't,
0: don't end up thinking that, that objects are the things that are going to fulfill you. Exactly. But use them, use them as instruments in order to get to higher goals, exactly. or higher aims. So you can look fantastic and you can have a fantastic car if you like. Yes. But don't kind of like bank on that as the sole thing of your identity yes. or your fulfillment. Yeah.
1: And it's always, hmm. are they in the service of who I want to be? Hmm. So what are, your, what are your core values? You know, even that phrase of soul care, like that's what we talk about when we talk about religious faith or spirituality. What's your soul care like? What are your core values like? What are your values like? What are your relationships like? Is this in the service of those values? And are you intentional about it or are you not? In which case, it's a junk food analogy. You kind of take what's what's around and what's pretty and what's, you know. Just think of your wardrobe for a moment, you know. Um, that's always an interesting one. So I suppose the thing is, the freedom to love is about can, decluttering. Can you go back
0: on the wardrobe thing there for well, a Well,
1: you know, if you go into the wardrobe, you'll often find um, clothes that you're not wearing. You'll find stuff that you bought in a moment of rush to the heart. I'm going to look amazing. I'm really a <laughs> size this and I'm not a size that. Or, you know, you've spent money carelessly, impulsively. You haven't worn it. And there's just loads of stuff there and you hardly know what's there. Whereas if you know what's in your wardrobe and you know why you're wearing it, there's a great sense of freedom from that. Because the space, you almost feel just that sort of, oh, your shoulders sort of you just, yeah. who was it that
0: said that your wardrobe is like the the reflection of your interior life? Saint like-
1: Maria. Oh right, okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, and sometimes it is like when you, yeah, I think it is a good measuring stick. Now you can, you kind of, kind of over the top in your wardrobe and kind of think it's perfectly clean. And then you think that's my, and that's my soul. But in reality, yeah. no, You can be
1: kind of quite proud about it. Yeah. Me. I'm amazing. But I'm the so other, exactly. You know? But the other thing are the whole, the glory holes, you know, the man drawer and the woman drawer, you know what I mean? What, how many extra little, little bits of, you know, lipstick do you find? And there's an extra one, there's another one, there's another one. And we've never quite used any of them, really. Or shampoo bottles. Or shampoo going and going. Yeah. And they're
0: never... Finished exactly.
1: Yeah, so yeah. there's a whole series of things that are sort of like little little images of, of all of this. So the decluttering of our heart is all about. Well, what do I value? What is my purpose? And being sort of confident enough to go, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna mark my you know cl- whatever the expression is, mark my clothes, the flag or like uh, whatever it is, you know, basically choose what it is and stick with it. Um it, It's again a little bit like if you think about your bank account. You know, in the age of hacking, if somebody bagged, you know hacked into your bank account, what would it tell? What do you mean? What would it tell? Well, what what would expenses would it tell? You know. All oh, right. Yeah, yeah. You know, is it what sort of what? what where, where are you are you spending cluelessly? Are you spending on things that are you? Do you plan your spending? Um, is there a certain amount of your your your, your income that goes to, worthy, to to worthy causes to leave a legacy to make an impact, or is it all about the now and about the luxuries in the future? Mm-hmm. or is it about planning for you know the mortgage for the house that I'd like to have so that I can get married and have a family okay maybe you might be doing that fine. at 18 yeah. but that's but I'm so I suppose it's just that sense of you know our spending decisions reveal our core values mm. our identity and mm. sometimes that we don't really I suppose really think about that that much like pope francis certainly bringing it oh, up front yeah. and center yeah the throwaway you know. culture
0: and just the impulse buying and also I think since covid like during covid there has been an element of being having that ability to be abstemious of purchases because you're not, you know, footfalling into, you know, the shop or whatever and just seeing something and going, oh, that's gorgeous. I think I'll get it and blah. Um, and because you don't have that, uh, you kind of realize, you know, I can live with very little mm. and actually be very happy mm. with living with very little. So you don't want to, now that COVID has kind of lifted, hopefully if our government will, <laughs> will let us, um You know, now that it's kind of a little bit easing and everything like that, to not fall into the, come back into that realm of the impulse buy, but to premeditate on what you're doing. Yeah, Yeah,
1: no, Mm. I think it's a wonderful opportunity, as you Mm. say, because sort of our, our work and life patterns have changed so much that we're not kind of doing so much retail therapy. Mm. If anything, we're doing a bit of online therapy, and that's very not therapeutic at all because it's a real guessing game. (laughs)
0: You're like going, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So, and you know, do you have the patience with it? Not really sure about that. You know, you just and then you have to to return it if it doesn't work. Exactly, it's it's hard work. Mm. So, from that point of view, I suppose. But anyway, I suppose it's just to reflect a little bit on on that whole idea of you know using this opportunity to reorder our loves, as it were. You know, okay, well, if, you know, now that I have sort of the good habit, it's like somebody's gone on a really successful diet, not of their choosing. <laughs> COVID has enforced certain things on us. Is that now we're turning around going, God, now that I have this opportunity of not really spending very much, what would I choose to spend things on? Or what would I rather, what would I choose to invest my heart and my time in? Because what happens is in a consumer culture like ours, it's a bit like a virus, you know, to go back to the virus analogy, is that it just saps us. So we, are, we have now the freedom to go, hang on you keep it in its place. Okay, stuff is only to achieve my core values, the person that I want to be, not the other way around. I mm. wasn't made to shop. Okay. And um, so it's simple very practical things like um you know, owning fewer things, you know, only the stuff that I really need. You know, um that kind of kind of say, you know, okay, obviously your basic clothing, that that or you know, things that are good, that are well chosen, maybe that are, you know, you know, you you check with the other half at home, say, oh, you know what, will we get this or will we not? Or let's investigate this. Let's look for three options of this piece of furniture Supposed to just going for the, I don't know, the wonderful Ikea option. Maybe let's look for another option, whatever it is. But that, um, so to avoid the sort of distraction element of possessions, you know, um, because what happens is is when we have loads of stuff, we just, it's it's, it's a little bit like the junk food or the magpie with a lot of things in our life and there's a distraction. Mm. It's like having 11 browsers open. OK, we've loads of stuff around us and we can't just focus on things. There isn't the space mm. to actually think and th- to be. There's just too much stuff there. Mm. Um, what do you value? You know, what's what clarity, what purpose, what intentionality do you have on things? You know, taking everything away that distracts said so that you don't become a consumer product. You know, our attention is bought and sold. And sometimes during COVID, we just found some of the ads just that little bit annoying. Because all about the beautiful and the celebrity stars and we're going, do you live in my world? Do you live in my universe? You know, I even found, I know some people have found the Aldi ad annoying. I think oh, it was a so joke. Good. It was the one about the win at 24 hours, kind of sleep over an Aldi. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know if it was a joke or not. But it was the whole thing about, crema- you know, creating a romantic weekend and turning an Aldi yeah, floor yeah. into a romantic <laughs> spot. But anyway, so it was like dinner for two and low lighting and all this kind of Netflix and everything. So it was kind of people going, are you for real? But anyway. Um, and I, I think
0: also it's, it's not only consuming, consuming, things you know like objects tangible realities but also consuming uh, media yeah because sometimes oh my god it's so addictive yeah do you know what I mean like you can get caught in the rabbit hole and you could be 40 minutes later an hour later and you kind of I have to say one of the things that I find really helpful is after you've kind of binged like that for about an hour ask yourself what remember like try to remember what you've actually listened to or watched in that hour and most likely you can't remember anything because mm-hmm. it's just popcorn to mm-hmm. the brain. Like there's no mm-hmm. meat in that. Mm-hmm. So it is a good kind of measuring stick of kind of thinking, you know, where do I spend my time in the in, you know, with my brain and my heart, you mm-hmm. know, in in those realms? Because they do like they're 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 devised to be like Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they just have yeah, like those three strawberries and one orange, like mm. that you're pulling down, you know, refreshing your screen all the time. Like they, it is very, very addictive. So. Well, it's a
1: slot machine from beginning to end. Yeah, that's what it is, and we
0: tend to forget that because we're entertained. Yeah, and, and you think can, you think it's kind of a relaxing, but it's just like. Yeah,
1: it's just And it, there's a sad thing that the challenges both about it is afterwards, you're not feeling in any way refreshed. You mm-hmm. haven't filled your mind with something beautiful or inspirational, or I'm not saying Pollyanna type, but a good book or a good read or a good conversation or a nice meal. Like all of those things just refresh us and sort of, you know, inspire us for. <clears throat> for the next things. day are yeah. greater things, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's. I think it's also what you know. Even I just find it interesting. When you go out for your walks, you know, in the evening, which you're all doing, but um, you know, when you're out going for a little wander and you listen to people, you overhear people you're not listening in. But of course, Irish <laughs> people are just <laughs> so easy to use drop on. But it's just people you can, and then you see what happened to us. And do you realize we're all thirty at the same time? And you have a bunch of like thirty year olds playing the thirtieth party or having. You can just hear the depths in some people's conversations. Like it's just it's really nice to see people we really talking or even just to see people really just, you know, wasting time in inverted commas with each other. That it's not a waste of time to invest in that relationship. Um, I even just find personally speaking that some people I've caught up with over the last year, you know, I could, I've caught up more of them in the last year than I did in the last previous year, three years.
0: Mm.
1: And I think that's something that, it's, it's it's important. It's good to be intentional about that. You know, what was I doing before that I couldn't do it? You know, we've got such a craze for, you know, just being busy, busy, busy. You know, um, and I think that's something that we just need this feverish pace around us. You know, hurried, rushed, stressed. You know, long hours paying bills. You know, and you know to to, to get to more to save more for what. Mm. You know, maybe a simpler lifestyle is really okay. Obviously, they're very, this life isn't cheap um, in Ireland. We're the fourth richest country in the world, apparently, at the moment. But the truth is, you know, there are certain things that it's great to have the space to go, you know, I don't really want that because I don't really want the fact that that time is being stolen from my family life or being stolen from, you know, mm. investing in my friendships. Um, There's actually a very good um, podcast with Tim Ferriss and Greg
0: McKeown. They say, kind of, come Michio um, who authored uh, Essentialism. Now, I oh, haven't yeah. read. Have you read that book? No, I haven't, no, read, I haven't read it, but it, it kind of comes around. You know, you kind of hear about this book, um, and it is. It runs along those lines of kind of paring down on the clutter in order to prioritize what is important to you mm. in your life. Um, and he's a, God, he's an excellent uh, speaker, I have to say, when you listen to him, you kind of go, we'll actually put it in the description yeah, I think as think yeah, of the resources no. because it's actually a very good podcast.
1: Yeah, hmm. absolutely. And I think even if you, if you ever had the experience of being with somebody who's used the, off the overused expression of who lives in the present moment, you kind of know it. They give you their full attention. They're not in a rush. And yet neither are they slackers. <laughs> and you just it's an incredible combination and there's some people like that who have that graciousness to be completely engaged with you and then but they're not lolling around for four hours necessarily having a conversation and I think that's part of this whole culture of having your heart free to love is that you choose what you spend your time with you choose what you spend your money on you choose where you invest mm. and that your heart is is made for that you know we are f- fulfilled by relationship we're fulfilled by loving we can't self we can't fulfill our own desires as it were Mm -hmm. and our consumer culture almost convinces us of that you know and those
0: things are a means to an end not an end in itself yeah things that
1: yeah and i think pope francis is really strong as i said at the beginning because he talked about the virus of consumerism because it convinces us that you know life depends on what what we have and it's it's just a total treadmill, you know, ratcheting up all the time, the needs that we have, the look that I we need to, to have and, then, and yeah, to look yeah. a particular way. And so it anesthetizes our heart, you know, we get burdened by more needs and uh, we get distracted. We don't give the time we need to people that we need. And you do see some people who live quite frugally, you know, you almost could tell their wardrobe. And I'm not saying they're boring, but they might dress it up with an accessory or something like that. But there is that sense of I don't actually need, I'm OK, you know. And there, there's a great
0: freedom with that. There yeah, is, you know, if you're in,
1: in the olden days when you went out to the restaurant, they would be going, yeah, no bother. Yeah, that sounds good. What are you having? Okay, I, I think, oh, that sounds good. I'll have the same. There wasn't that kind of thing of, no, I just so have to have. <laughs> okay, okay, in fairness, it's lovely to have your likes and it's great. But, you know, there's that kind of sense of freedom of, it's good to be here. It's good mm. to be with you as opposed mm. to, if everything's not right, I'm going to have a, you know, sort of a freak attack. Um I think as well, you know, going back to just the spiritual space just for a moment. Well, actually, you know, it's this whole idea of if we focus too much on things, we often lack imagination. Now, I don't mean just this kind of creativity stuff. I do mean that, but I mean more. Do you ever notice that sometimes you just lack the stretch for a relationship? You know, okay. a friend and you're kind of going, I wish you wouldn't do that. Okay, sometimes we can be tired and people push us over the edge. But I mean that sort of sense of lack of compassion frequently. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the bandwidth's got very narrow or a situation where you're going, this is ridiculous. This should not be happening, okay? And we often find ourselves saying those things. The frustration levels go out through the roof. And and we kind of sometimes find ourselves going, you know, I'm, I'm kind of sort of unraveling a bit here. And I was thinking about this in the context of the freedom to love, because sometimes when we get so used to depending on stuff and things and being in control and the certainty, and the affirmation that we get from stuff... Mm. That when stuff that happens outside our control,
0: we don't like it. We don't
1: like it. And that's life because everything else about life is outside our control. Everything meaningful about our life is outside our control. Our relationships are outside our control. What happens tomorrow is outside our control. For all the weather apps in the world, the weather's outside our control. So the truth about it is, is that we do lack that imagination, that ability to, we lack the ability to stretch our heart and mind to things that are not material, that are non-tangible. To understand, to be compassionate, to forgive, et cetera. And I think, um, and even just even on, on a religious faith element, our religious faith becomes undermined because it's kind of like, well, now that I can't go to mass and do and light the candle and show up, and it, it, it becomes like a practice as opposed to a relationship, mm. you know. And so it's a good opportunity, I think, to think of this whole approach to decluttering spiritually and, I suppose, materially isn't an end in itself. It's a path. And what happens is when you start decluttering, just from the minimum experience I've had of it, when you start decluttering, you start realising you've loads of time for stuff that you didn't have before. Because you're not scrolling, looking at the latest dress. You're not thinking, oh my God, the salary's come in now, so what am I going to spend it on? You're not thinking about, okay, we need to do up the conservatory now because, you know, it's 10 years. You're not thinking about that. You're thinking... You, 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 you're not, you, not, there's, there's nothing to think about. You know, okay, there's families, always worries and stuff like that. Yeah. But in terms of where you want to invest your heart and your head, and that's exciting. Mm. And that's a little bit that I'd like to look at now in the next bit of the podcast to think okay. Um, Can I just. Go for it. Inter interrupt. And this one.
0: I, I was just, just listening to you there. I was thinking of this TED Talk of Discomfort is bad for you. Yes. Yeah. Brilliant. And I think when when you listen to that TED talk, and he, he gives very good scientific reasons why it is, uh, dis- discomfort oh comfort is bad for you. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, a bit of a whatever I knew what you meant. Yes, thank you. Um you know I, I do think when you've experienced sort of roughing it ever so slightly you're actually much happier you know what i mean when you, when you're when you're lacking things not lacking to things to the point of like really at a level of suffering but just lacking just a little bit um can actually give you far more can actually you know, you you deepen further in your personality and your character and you become a better version of you, actually, when, when you pare down on the things that are cluttering around you and everything like that. Um, so, yeah, it's um, it's very interesting.
1: Like I suppose that's interesting you say that about, um, you know, about that. I suppose the other side of what I was thinking is the whole thing of duplicity. You know the way sometimes we have a look for the office, a look for home and a look for Friday night or a look for Sunday morning. And the thing about... Um, I think the thing about this business of decluttering means is there is that sort of simplicity about who we are in all walks of life, because we're aligning ourselves more to, well, what are my values mm. and where do I spend my money and what, what, what sort of person do I present? And I think that's, I think that's very interesting. Uh, well, not just interesting, actually, I think it's just, you know, none of us, none of us choose intentionally to be sort of duplicitous, you know, but the truth about it is that oftentimes um, you know, that can happen. We're mm. just a different person, depending on who we're with. And um, a simple life is just about being consistent and about being united and all of one piece, as it were. You know, reliable and fluctuating, a mother of, of excellent children, spouse of so-and-so, working in this job, whatever it is, that's who we are, and that's who we are no matter where we go. Mm. And there's something just terribly liberating liberating it, for mm. you as a person, but also for everybody else who's in you, because everybody else feels, well, I can be myself too. You know, it's really amazing when you are with people who are just happy in their own skin. Whatever that skin is, they're happy to be that. Um, I think as well, I was just reading, you I, I know, David Brooks, I really like his stuff. I always reread, you know, Road to Character and oh, yeah, Second, Second Mention. Mention. Very good you know, book. it's just really interesting because, you know, he talks about this whole process of inner transformation and... um And he kind of says, look, when you start this whole thing of decluttering or sort of focusing on the internal as opposed to the external, although the external sort of gives us permission to look at the internal, he says, you do, do notice inner transformation taking place. You know, it's like the old loves don't thrill us anymore and you love different things and you're going in a sort of a different direction. You become a different sort of person. You know, you live more simply um, and, you know, and you have certain habits. Um, And that's, as St. Augustine would say, because you've reordered your loves. And I think that has a big impact of, you know, your desires change, you know, um, and they become more about, well, what do I want? And we're not ashamed of that. and We've more confidence in that. You know, and and I do think there is that space you feel a little bit uncomfortable with going, well, I'm not going to spend that because I don't really need it. I don't really want it. And it's just going to take money from the bank account and... You know, or even uh-huh. heard, yeah. Even I heard somebody else talking the other day about, um, you know how she's tithing her income. It sounds like something from the Old Testament, and it is actually, but it's a very Christian thing to do that people give ten percent of their income towards needs to give it to their church or to a cause, and and I think it's a really wonderful thing to do. And and initially it's kind of scary. It's kind of ten percent of income to what, you know, and it could be you know to some developed project in less developed world or some you know initiative, whatever. Um, some great ones if you need them, I can put them at the end of the podcast. <laughs> Um, but at the same time, she, you know, I challenged this, Brandi, we were both saying, you know, initially it was really scary. And it's was going, oh my God, how am I going to do this? And what happens? You know, she kept thinking, but if I have no income and then I lose my job, you know, it's all kind of dramatic stuff. And then she said month one, month two, month three into it. I'm going, this is so liberating. Because every time when I look at my bank account, I realize I'm making a difference.
0: I remember talking to this guy, taxi driver, who told me that he gives uh, the first trip that he has in the morning, to a charity. Wow. I thought, yeah, that's very specific. Well, it's very consequential. That's very, yeah,
1: just the generosity of that, you know. So if you're going yeah. to be really consequential about this, I would, I would suggest that it is a case of looking at where you spend your money. You know, just even doing a little bit of a, what would I call it, a little bit of a, an audit trail on your monthly expenditure. Mm-hmm. No, no judgment here. Just have a look at where the expenditure goes, Okay. Now for some people it would be on all the kids or this out of the other, but just look at where the expenditure goes and then think, does that reflect the person that, I, not so much the person I am right now, because sometimes I'm not quite happy with that, but the person that I want to become, you know? Uh, is there too much on stuff that, you know, I'm, I'm, and where's my headspace? You know, you made the point. It's not just about what we buy, it's what we spend our time doing. You know, where does my time go? Is it infinitely scrolling, you know, keeping myself busy, you know, just listening, thinking, chatting, commenting, or is it just being?
0: Yeah, I have to recommend here. Um, I feel like I'm just kind of like a bucket of resources, but no, not really do. talking. <laughs> um, this app called the Habit Tracker, oh, I which I us. think is actually very good and it's free. Oh, yeah. Um, so you install it and you just, you know, write down all the habits that you want to improve on or change or eliminate and everything like that. And I actually find it very good because you might have a, 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 conce- a preconceived idea of how you're doing with a habit. Like you mm-hmm. might kind of think, you know, I've been doing really well with this, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm not on social media all that much this week or whatever. And then if you tick this every day, they obviously give you a summary of your month or your week or whatever. And you kind of go, oh, it's actually not as good as I thought, <laughs> you know, but it is helpful because it takes, what is it, 28 days or 31 days or something to actually to change a habit. Yeah. Um, and it's good because those things take time and you, you can get kind of discouraged and kind of look at, it could be your bank account or it could be anything. And you kind of go, gee, I mean, to change this is like changing a Titanic, like, mm. um, but things like that, like the habit tracker, are different things of just uh, introducing changes nudge by nudge by nudge. Mm. You know what I mean? Degree by degree. You actually, over time,
1: it does improve. And it's, it, that's human. It, things take mm. time. And I think that's it's really, really important in any habit building that we just have that loads of patience. Because we'll notice all the things that are wrong that I'm not able to do before we actually start to make any progress. But um, and I think as well is that... Um, Again, just thinking back on, you know, David Brooks, I just thought, I love this idea that he has is that the conquest of self isn't so much about, you know, self it is self-discipline, obviously, but sometimes we think it's all about me and it's, you know, whereas sometimes when you start to declutter and start building habits, you realize you have more time for relationships and things like that. And so much of our fulfillment comes going out to other people, you know, noticing people in our community. You know, noticing people's needs, smiling at people when you go for a walk, you know, having the few moments to have that conversation. you know, I was really struck by somebody who recently told told me um you know by a family member um who was who was had serious cancer and and her comment was that the amount of people this, that were in this this man's life mm. you know, and he just thanked him for the moments that he was in their life when they really needed somebody, and he was like the Samaritan he just showed up. And it wasn't, he did it in such a low-key kind of, listen, oh, yeah, you're no bother. Listen, do you need this? It was, there was no hassle. There was no kind of like, here I am, holy Joe. There was a tremendous sense of this is what neighbors do, you know, showing up for somebody when they were financially in need, showing up for them when they were in a moment of despair or a moment of, you know, bereavement or whatever. And that person had the time to notice. And so decluttering is also, decluttering the heart gives you time to notice. Yeah. And I think that's a really important part of this is, Those spaces, what do you notice about the people you live with? Do you notice what their day was like? Do you notice what they're saying and they're not saying? Do you notice the people who've been in touch with you and haven't been in touch with you? You know, and that's so much, that's really intentional stuff. And it's such a joy if you're on the receiving end of that because that does create a circle of, whatever it is, it's a ripple, ripple effect. Because when you experience it to yourself, you want to replicate that experience with other people. Um, and I think as well, look, that change all happens quite slowly, as you said. And, um, you know, and I think you know, just to say, you know, you know, you might be thinking, oh, God, there's an awful lot there now. Where am I going to start? I just think it's also, you know, sometimes we think of oh, so much to change or I really would like to start. I think, you know, if you're, you know, in, in spiritual space and you're practicing Catholic or not even, you know, prayer is a great thing in all of this because just to say is that when we pray what happens is that we're um, we're asking god for help to change and we're you know we're yeah, not just relying on ourselves yeah. exactly and you know we're kind of saying look i want to do this because i want to become the, best version of myself, I want to become the flourishing me, I want to become the saint and I want to be ultimately be able to help others to experience that, to experience you in me as it were um, and, and and I think that's it's you feel like as if you're, it's not you just it's not just self-development, okay obviously there's a self-development end of this um, but the beauty of this is not just self-development, is you're growing into the best version of yourself, you're spreading the love as they say and you know, and I think we all need good examples all around us and it's lovely to see it role well modeled and so many we think, well, if she can do it, I can do it too. Mm.
0: Very good. Thanks, a Million. Not or, at all. That was great. Um okay so that's it if anybody has any suggestions obviously i keep on saying this but um of different podcasts that we can do or people we can interview as well because hopefully um as things start loosening up we'll be able to actually do interviews in real time Mm -hmm. uh, which will be very helpful instead of by zoom so um anyway thanks very much for listening to us and talk again